Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Another massive podcast, punters, as we count down to the Meadows Saturday night. Huge night of racing, and we're up and about. Big night on the tip at Sandown Thursday night, and we are recording this late Thursday night as the last race is about to be ran at Sandown Park. Massive episode ahead. The great news is we're going to have a bonus episode out this weekend as well, covering the Hillsville Cup meeting on Sunday. We've agreed to a big contract, so things are looking good, punters. Plenty of upside as I welcome in my man, Smithy. How are you, brother? Going well, mate. Going well. I hear that it's uh, the second biggest deal that's been signed in sport this week, just just behind the AFL TV rights, the Green Light On podcast. Oh. I'll tell you what, it's a big deal and it's lined your pockets beautifully. <laughs> Any danger of uh, some of that coming my way? Yeah, mate, uh, my manager managing team was, were trying to make it a bigger deal than the AFL, but uh, I think it's fair to say we might have fallen just a little bit short of, uh, of that. But uh, no, mate, great to... Uh, Great to just be catching up and, and talking all things racing. And before we get into the the, the show, mate, is, is there much happening down there at the Meadows this week? I notice all the, the new sports bet signage, so it's all happening. Yes, yes, we're getting the sports bet signage up uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. And obviously the Top Cap Video Cup and the, the heats of the Pat Haas Classics. So it's a big, big night of racing on Saturday night. Okay, Smithy, something a little bit different, mate. As I said, we're recording this as the last at Sandown Park is about to go to air. Um, I'm pretty keen on Keep It Blue here, so I need you and me to cheer for Keep It Blue as they're about to go. Did you like anything here, mate? I'm with Keep It Blue, mate. I'll ride it home with you. Let's go. They're set to run. We'll take the audio of Dan Hibbert as well. Began only fairly. Keep It Blue accelerating through. Oh, Kosamui's going to come over. Keep It Blue shoulders through. Here we go. Come on, Dan. Come on, Keep It Blue. And you wouldn't believe it. This is grand radio craft, and my internet's dropped out on the audio. <laughs> have, is it one? Yeah, it's one. Oh, yeah. flaming Nora. That would have been magnificent. But it's not uh, Not everything goes to plan, and you're hearing that live on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Well, not exactly live because you're listening to it after we've recorded it, but uh, we were hoping it was going to go to plan. But the dog has one, hasn't it, Smithy? It has one, mate. Oh. You've, uh, you've, you've cleaned up in the last. Oh, we can breathe a sigh of relief then. Keep it blue wins the last. Pretty keen on that. And I think that ends up with about nine of the 12 winners or thereabouts. So very, very good night at Sandown Park as we now head toward run of the week. Run of the week. Oh, I had a big plan for this show, Smithy. Not much has worked uh, just yet, but uh, run of the week last week will work. There's no doubt about that. And there were so many big runs, but I've settled on one youngster to follow, Commander Tommy. Here he is. They're ready. Stand by for a start. Racing. Commander Tommy up the centre again. OK. Spearing up towards the lead now. Commander Tommy's going to take the lead as they turn to the back straight from Blue Demon. Over on the inside then came Whittakin Bale. But four lengths further back in the race there came Uriana Bale, followed by Old Mate. Next over to the inside then came Duana Scotch, followed by Osprey Athena. And Duana Jim is back at the tail of the field. Coming off the back straight and doing it nicely in the lead as Commander Tommy. It's straight away. Six out in front. Blue Demon, Whittakin Bale and a long gap there to Old Mate. Up the home running though. Commander Tommy all the way. Six Brilliant audio from the great man, the Hawk. Probably one query there, Smithy, is the fact this dog does like to just step up the track a little bit early, but 5-10, 17-70, We've had a, a close eye on this dog from when he started in that Pink Diamond series. There were really, really big wraps on him, and 
that run was as good as you're going to see from any greyhound anywhere. Yeah, you were a little bit dubious of the box, but uh, I had it as my on top selection, Jimmy Boy. So I'll uh, I'll get that one <laughs> over you. But it was a super run from Commander Tommy, and as you said, if you can iron out those those little kinks of getting up the track, I think he's a he's a super talent. Could be anything. I still hold my hand up and say I reckon Whitty Bay was a good tip in the race. It ran second, but if you actually go and download the Watchdog app, Smithy, and have a look at that head-on replay, Whitty Bay was so keen for the inside. Commander Tommy ran to the outside. Obviously, there was no trouble for Commander Tommy. So as it turned out, he got away and got the job done. But I think two greyhounds to follow, especially, let's say, Whittacombe Bale draws a red in a winnable race and Commander Tommy draws box eight in a winnable race. Do you agree with me, Smithy? I do agree with you, mate. Two great minds think alike once again. Saturday's preview. Saturday night, 12 races, 12 winners. Smithy, let's kick it off, mate, with uh, race number one, which is the Top Gun November 5. And as we heard over the last 7 to 14 days, uh, it'll now be the sports bet Top Gun. Is that right? Uh, it will be, mate. It will be the sports bet Top Gun. So exciting times on the horizon. The way you said that, mate, I thought I'd got that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's been a long day. We're, we're recording this at 20 past 10 at night. So just takes a little bit for my brain to kick into gear. Let the management know at the Meadows. They need to up your wage, mate, because you're going above and beyond. No doubt about that. Race one, who wins? Uh, really, really tough one. I, I am going to land with Whittacombe Bale on top of as you said just before, will want to get over to the rail. I don't know if he if he uh, can do that, if she, sorry, can do that. But I just think on top selection, Whittacombe Bale, no super confidence for me. I though. like the red here, Smithy, Kanji zone. I think the uh, the sprint form down at Ballarat, 25-23. And then even when beaten last time, 25-20 signifies she's got a bit of go about her. But like you said, if Whittacombe Bale does go left again, the outside brigade are going to get the run, and the best, I think, of the outside brigade is Shazani, who I have uh, tipped a few times without success. So that's how I think we'll play race number one. I'll go number one with a maybe a small each-way cover on the seven. Race two it is the Pat Hass Classic Heat number one for the girls. How, how do you see this one playing out the second? We're about to have a chat with Paula Bella, who's got Aston Suzette, and she's got untapped ability, just not getting it all right in a race. Yeah, exactly right. I, I just want to say Aston Suzette do it. I have no doubt that uh, she's a very, very fast bitch and that if she did everything right, she'd be winning this one. But I'm going to lean towards the four, baby JC, up in distance. Uh, first go at the 500 here at the Meadows and uh, I think can lead this one. It's just whether she can get the whole way around with, with a bit of strength on her side. But uh, again, low confidence. Hopefully we get a bit more confidence later on, but the four, baby JC for me. I'm going to go the the three. I think the speed maps in the race really well. Aston Suzette and can run well. Race three, one of my better bets of the night here. Chick drawn box number three. Uh, down in class from the run behind Deadly Class last time. And three starts ago, finishes off second to Stout Manelli. Uh, has drawn probably, I would say, the easiest of all of the heats of this Grade 5 series. So I think one of the better bets here, Chick, drawn box number three. Yeah, I'm, I'm also with it. I think stepping up to the middle distance, get a little bit of confidence uh, into her and then step back down to the 500. Hopefully she can find the front and be too good for them because she's got a big motor and this looks like a winnable one for her. And great somethings, something alike. Is that right? Yeah, that's it, mate. Great minds. I don't know if our minds are still uh, still together at this time, but anyway. <laughs> We're in sync, mate. Race four, I'm with six. Jet Legger needs to jet leg it early and go straight to the lead. Bit of a loose podcast, I'm feeling, because we are recording it a bit late. I'm not sure if you've had a cordial, but uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> Jet Legger here, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, no cordials for me, but I, I don't know what's going on anymore. It's way past my bedtime, uh, but I'm going to be with King Eclipse, so he's just uh, just an old marvel and just always runs well. So on an each-way basis, happy to be with him after the box story. I've given you plenty of time to do the form, so we are expecting a rise in, in uh, results from you this week as well, Smithy. Race five, I'm with three, Amani Bale. Needs a lot to go right, but uh, that win at Ballarat last start was, I think, one of the better runs of this dog's career. Yeah, absolutely enormous last week at Ballarat, and uh, I, I was trying to get a bet on and just missed it. Oh. I jumped, and I was very, very flat, but hopefully I can claw a little bit of that back this week, and uh, Marnie Bale can get the job done. Radek Bale, what, what did you make of his run last start before we even look at race number six? Because he was bolting away and then up the home straight he just couldn't run out the 700 second go could he last start but we see him go to the meadows and I, I guess for, for connections it's probably just to make sure he, he's not going to be a, a 700 meter dog because on that last run he, he just looks like 650 is all he can do yeah it's, it was a really really strange one I, I wasn't expecting that I thought he'd be an out mm. now 700 meter dog but uh, I did have some smart people tell me when so I was getting into the game that Second up over 700, they're always a query. So I'm just going to put a line through it and hope that it was just uh, just an outlier and that he'll improve up to the 730 at the Meadows. Was that ordinary that I, I, I'm, I'm jumping off him? Um, you know how big a fan I've been of Radek Bale waiting for him to get 700 metres. And he went 0.17 quicker to the first section than what he did the first up run, and he ended up going 0.22 slower overall. So it's nearly seven lengths in the run home that he's lost on his first run. So I, I'd be really surprised to see him come out. And even though it is that second run woe well over the staying distance, I... I'd be surprised. But in saying that, if you take out that last run, Smithy, I'm all over him like a really bad rash. But um, I'm going to go with uh, number... What have I gone with here? Number six, Golden Quest. Speed to lead, I think, the key. Race seven. Uh, I've got a bit of value here, mate. Number three, Hilltop Jack. I think El Dorado was just boxed to win last week, set the track alight. Whether or not he's going to get across from box eight, I think, is a bit of a risk here. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that when I first looked at the form and then I went back to the run that he had on maturity night, which was from box eight. And I know this is up in class from that, but he went 5, 10, 29, 78. And I think if you can repeat that, he'll, uh, he'll go very, very close to winning. But I am a little bit cautious of whether he can cross handsome Rhino or not, which is in box seven. Mm. So just a small little play for me, but El Dorado on top. Top Gap Video Cup Final, Group 3, 730 metres, $25,000 to the winner. Terrific field. Even field, I think it's fair to say, Smithy. It's a tough one to try and sort out. We're going to speak a fair bit of Jess Hopkins, I think, over the the next few days with not only this podcast, but she's got Panama Canal in the Hillsville Cup as well and Manoli Magic a bit later on in this meeting. A very, very good golfer. She won the longest drive at the uh, the uh, Racing to Rehome Golf Day on, on Monday. I think she's going to win this too. I, I'm tipping number one, Alfie Moon. I thought the run was really good last week and when he got stuck outside of the lead, Gypsy Wyong made a move underneath of him, got ahead of Alfie Moon, and I think that was the only difference between them. So off box number one, if he can keep jumping like he has been, I think Jess Hopkins will walk away a Group 3 winner on Saturday night and maybe uh, a Group 2 winner on Sunday. It wouldn't be too bad of a weekend, would it? I'll tell you what, if she's won a longest drive competition, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it in. There is absolutely 0% chance that happens. She's obviously bribed someone to, uh, to roll with a bit of that, but... Yeah, look, I won't tip Alfie Moon because I know she'll murder me if I do. She'll say that I've pulled his tail, but I will be cheering Bruno along. Uh, but I've just got to be with Gypsy Wyong. Gypsy Wyong managed to beat Alfie Moon last start, and she's a big, 
big race player. She the dailies always have her spot on. She's won plenty of group ones, and she's just uh, she just went really really nicely last week. So happy to be with Gypsy Wild on top. But uh, yeah, if if Alfie Moon gets the job done for Jess, uh, I'm sure you'll hear her screeching from wherever you are. <laughs> the current race distance queen. They're calling Gypsy Wild as well. And with that golf day, it was. Uh, I guess a bit of an integrity issue because you had to put down your own longest drive and, and Jess did that. So whether or not she added a couple, who knows? But uh, well done <laughs> to her anyway. Uh, race number nine here, mate. I thought this was a tough race. I think Alpine Butterfly is the dog to beat, but I think Manoli Magic's going to come across and lead. Um, so I'm going to settle with the Jess Hopkins runner. As I said, I think she could be in for a huge weekend. She's a, a family member of the podcast as well. So we, we cross the fingers for her. Uh, we're also going to chat to Liam Sharp in a moment. He's got uh, with Team Sharp. She's for real off box number one, who's a little bit of an X-Factor runner. Uh, and Paula Beller, obviously, on the podcast as well with Alpine Butterfly. And let me tell you, Smithy, he gives a very, very good push for this dog. So breaking it down, uh, back to simplicity, I'm going Manoli Magic each way, but I think Alpine Butterfly is the dog to beat. Yeah, I'm with Manoli Magic each way as well. Just the way that she carved across last start just really impressed me. And if she can do that again from box seven, she's going to be very, very hard to beat. Alpine Butterfly obviously has plenty of ability and it's, it's a pretty wide open race really for mine, but Manoli Magic each way, happy to be on. Tell you what, mate, time's ticking on. I don't think we'll record a late podcast again because we're just blabbering on and on. Race 10, I'm with, <laughs> uh, I'm with number four here, Mobile Legend. Who wins it? Uh, the three, Landon Bale for me. People get ready is more than most likely going to get a run from box one if there's no more scratchings because the red is already withdrawn. Race 11. Now, this is one of my better bets of the night here on the each way. Number one, Indy Fido. I think drawn beautifully, but the big concern I have is Max Swan, number five. I think if he can lead ping, he could come straight across and nearly lead. But Wilson Bale, I think, holds the key. He's got speed, will get tired. Three has speed, will get tired. If Indy Fido's third or fourth leader's back, he is a, a huge each-way chance in this race. So I'm with the red. Again, I'm, I'm with you as well. It's like I'm just stealing your uh, your tips here. Probably Indy are. Fido, each-way each all day. <laughs> I probably am. No, that's it, mate. Race 12. Come on, I'll let you go first, and then we can guarantee that there's very, very high integrity levels on the green light on Premier Racing Podcast. Oh, I'm going to stick with the one Yachi Bale. Yachi, 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 whatever you... However you say it, it's getting late, but uh, Yachi Bale for me. I'm agreeing, mate. So, obviously, uh, great minds do just think alike, and we had Lisa Delbridge on the pod not that long ago, and she was uh, pretty fond of, of Yachi Bale as a dog to follow as well. Hunters, hunting club. The Punters Punning Club. Well, I was tossing up between two greyhounds and I thought instead of picking one, I'll pick both. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, $30 a place, race 11, number one, Indy Fido. $10 each way on Aston Suzette at the price. What are you doing with your 50, Smithy? Uh, I will have $25 the win on Sheik and I'll have $25 the win on Indy Fido. Question without notice. Uh, Who wins the million dollar chase right now? Oh, gee, it's a tough one. I, I have a, I have a bit of a feeling that Plaintiff will go all the oh. way. To be honest, the Victorian. I, Boom. I think he's just. I, th- I think the Thompsons are just absolutely nailing his preparation. Mm. Got the job done at Tamora. Goes around the country, uh, country circuits, gets some confidence, and I think he'll just go straight to the front and be too good for him. I saw him at $15 last week, no word of a lie. I was all over it, ready to put a bet on, and I thought, oh, look, I'll just sort of hover down whenever and place my bet. Um, as it turned out, I didn't, and he's about $7 now, and he's just ripping through those provincial races so impressively. Thanks again, Smithy. Uh, as well as I let you go, mate, <laughs> 
the podcast is going on and on, but the Hillsville Cup, <laughs> have you got one for us there as well, mate? Um, with the New South Wales Raiders, sacred stairs. Yeah. I think if he can get out like he did in, in his heat, he'll get in front, and I don't think anything can run him down if he's in front. So sacred stance, the best-looking greyhound that I've seen, except for the one mm. on the couch, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he can get the job done. Good man, Smithy. All the best. Too easy. Thanks, Jimmy, boy. Inside Info. Great news with Inside Info this week is our two special guests have already been on the podcast, so there's no need to get to know. It's just bang, let's get into the form and find some winners. Up first, we've got Paula Bella. A lot of people saying, Paulie, that it's a Beeler. Um, you've just told me that I've been getting it right the whole time with a Bella, so I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, mate. Always a Bella and you're right. <laughs> it's good to know, mate. It's good to know that we, uh, we're getting it right for so long. Hey, you've got two runners in at the Meadows Saturday night. We're going to start with one who I know has got a lot of ability, and we just keep following her by the name of Aston Suzette. Race number two, drawn box number three. Hasn't had a great deal of luck, but if you wind the clock back even four starts ago, Paulie, she's, she's right there with Stout Manelli on a, on a slow track at the Meadows over 600. So she's still got the form. She's been jumping from awkward draws, gets a little bit closer to the rail. How, how do you see her chances and how do you think she's travelling going in? Yeah, well, uh, I, I went and trolled her last week just to make sure everything's ticking over and she trolled as good as she ever, ever has. So she's trolling good, just we're not racing good, but... It, just a bit of bad luck and circumstances and we can't draw a box and um but we just need a bit of luck for the first 30 meters for once how, how did you see the race playing out flash banner was the greyhound who beat aston suzette when they clashed at horsham last time kanji victory in box two's got a lot of early speed so the way i did the form mate was you're a big chance of lobbing third leaders back going through that first corner is that where you're sort of hoping to to get to around that first bend yeah i raced two at geelong Last start with Alpine Butterfly and had the pink, I reckon, just come out and just went hard mm. left, cut us all off. So if she can come out and cross the red and the six is going to come out flying and cross it, so if we can just get across and just be behind them and then come, and just come out of the catch and pen without getting hit and then just just um, get a free free run at it. And where do you reckon her best distance is? I noticed she's sort of gone from five to 600. You brought her back. Is she only back in distance mainly for this uh, this grade five heat that she's in at the moment? Yeah, yeah. The plan was um, put her over 600 to get a bit of confidence, get get to the front. But she kept drawing seven and eight and yeah. they raced Stout Manali. So then I've been, I've been holding her back for this race for a little bit because it's a grade five bitches race and it's good money. So, um, yeah, it's five, 600. I was thinking of going to 660 with her, but I'm still not sure about that yet. What about race nine, Alpine Butterfly? Very, very nice. A new greyhound in the kennel. Always had a, uh, a very, very big motor. She probably has a few tricks to her, I guess, uh, her bow, and, and she does like to sometimes use a bit of the track. But the one thing with her is she's got an enormous motor, and when she won three starts at Ballarat three starts ago, they, they just weren't running time, and she went 25.46 five starts ago. Off her box, the eight, she goes 25.63 at Warrigal. So clearly, mate, she's as quick as any. How, how do you see her chances? Yeah, she's um, she's flying. So she's had a couple of trials at the Meadows forming between races, getting her ready for this race, and both times she's gone um, best of the day. So as long as we miss the seven and eight, so I reckon they've got a little bit of speed. They might crowd, crowd us up, and we just need the same thing. We just need a bit of luck going through that first corner. 
Well, Paulie, we love getting you on, mate. You've given us the inside info. The Alpine Butterfly is flying in trials, running best of the day. Is she the best of the two chances, or do you like the, the maybe better drawn of, of the two jumping from box three, Aston Suzette, earlier? I think they're both good chances. Yeah, I can't split them, to be honest. If they both get a bit of luck early going through that pan, I think they'll both go pretty close to winning. Double for you on Saturday night, Paulie. Good luck, mate, and happy punning. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. There he is, Paul LaBella, and as I promised, moving straight on now to a second very special guest, I speak of Liam Sharp, who's also been on the podcast and a big fan as well. Liam, how are you, mate? What's news? I'm very good. Not much. Off to Sydney on Saturday for the MDC, but other than that, business as usual. Hey, very exciting time for the kennel. You've got four in uh, at the Meadows Saturday night. As you say, you're heading up to Sydney. Of your runners going to the Million Dollar Chase round, how... How do you see their chances and who would you be tipping as the best sharp chance to win a million dollars in that series this year? Well, we only took one, so I could probably only uh, suggest one, but uh, we did take Let's Win Coin and she's obviously drawn next to um, uh, She's a Pearl. Mm. Um, But there's a toss-up whether she'll run, but I think uh, Dad's been working real hard this week just on her box manners because everything else with her has been... um, going well. It's just a boxman is letting her down at the moment. So if that's right, she should be able to put herself right in the race, hopefully, and just qualify is the main thing. I must say, Liam, you caught me out, mate, with a million-dollar form because I hadn't had much of a look. All I was worried about was the Meadows, but I did have a bit of a glance through those uh, races a couple of days ago and, and noticing Let's Win Coin against She's a Pearl. Are you, are you a little bit confident in the sense that maybe She's a Pearl's not going as well as obviously she was when she won the million-dollar chase last time around? I think so. I think most people are, have got some question marks on her after them two Goldwyn runs. But the, I don't really want to doubt her because you'll mm. go and doubt her and she'll run 5.30, 29.30 on you because she loves Wentworth Park. But yeah. I do think there's room there, but you just never know. It's hard without being a trainer. Yeah, you never you never want to doubt a champion, especially on her home deck. Hey, back to, uh, to your home deck, the Meadows. Uh, four runners in there. That's what this podcast is all about. We're... Well, the number one aim, Liam, is to find winners for the punters uh, who want to bet on Metropolitan, great Metropolitan racing here in Melbourne. And we'll start with race six uh, for Team Sharp. You've got Corborn Roses going around, drawn box number three. Now, we all remember this Greyhound when she won that race over the 595. Was it at Sandown when she was about 3,000 metres last and, and motored home to win? So she's always given the indication this would be her distance range eventually. Definitely, yes, it was at Sandown, that run. Um, we've known she had to get there, but we've just been having a lot of issues trying to bring her back and just things getting in the way that stop her, and you've got to start back at square one. So finally last week, Dad just said, all right, let's throw over 700. She'd never been further than 600, so we knew that she still needed to get that fitness in her legs, and I still don't know tonight, whether she, or Saturday, whether she's going to have that full fitness, and it is a mixed full five, and it's a pretty decent field. So I'd probably say maybe not tonight, maybe next week or the week mm. after. Once she's really got that 700-metre fitness into her, um, she'll be ready to win a race, hopefully. Well, knowing that she went in last time at Sandown, then potentially a little bit underdone, you would have been pretty happy with that run behind Torpedo Tears. Loomed up on the, the home corner, only beaten just over three lengths, and they've gone 42.07. So I guess as a, as a fitness run, uh, you'd be you'd be pretty pleased with that. I was pretty happy with it, to be honest. I didn't expect anything. I expected her to run last, and she ran fifth, which wasn't too bad. Um, so I think she, she's shown that she should run the distance, and 
if she can, there's not many stayers around, so it'll be very handy. Uh, you mentioned Dad before. How's he going? You haven't seen too much of uh, the great man on the track lately. Yeah, he's as busy as usual with all the 200 dogs that we have. He is kept busy at home. and He doesn't really go to the tracks all that much uh, anymore because it's late nights and he's got to start early in the morning, that sort of stuff. But he just plugs away with all his dogs, checking them all and doing running the whole show. Hey, one thing I do notice with the great man is he takes the odd holiday here and there, doesn't he? He doesn't mind kicking the toes up. Oh, he has to. And you work <laughs> as hard as him, seven days a week, running around like a lunatic. You'd need a you need a holiday uh, every six months, or you'd go absolutely insane. Yeah, I think he, I think he's doing that well. Hey, she's for real. Race nine, drawn box number one. I, I don't mind her chances here, mate. She's uh, she's going to be a big prize, but she's a very very clean beginner. And even last start at Sandown, beaten by a pretty handy one, Extreme Force. Uh, she looks a chance to run a bit of a race, and even those who who like a same race multi, I'd probably say have a genuine look at her to run in the top four. I would agree as well. She's a very good beginner. You'd honestly have thought that she would win more races with how she begins, but like with what the watchdog has said with the flat patch mid-race, um, she just she just lets all these dogs go straight past her after she's hit that first flip marker, um, and it just costs her. So, you know, she should win a race soon, I think, with the way that she's jumping, but um, there are some handy ones in the race. Obviously, the Manoli Magic went good last mm-hmm. week, but... She should be there in top four, I would say. What about uh, the next one for Dylan Sharp? Uh, Aston Tenji, drawn box number eight in race 11. Been a bit of a greyhound that, that does bob up time to time with that strong finish at a good each-way price. So probably not without some kind of a chance from box number eight there. Yeah, I'd probably say he is our worst chance uh, on Saturday. Um, I call him the, the city fourth king because he's always just picking up fourth, <laughs> taking home the, the little check and going home sort of thing. Um, but from box eight, I think there's some decent runners in here. I don't know if he's going to be able to get across. Well, he's a $10 shot in the form guide. You're saying he's the worst of the chances, and that would mean Clips is not the worst of the chances, and he's an $18 chance. So can you tell me a little bit more about race 12, number two? Um, he obviously, yeah, he's been down on his best form. Um, he... He is pretty strong. The whole litter, he, he obviously is a litter mate to She's For Real. They are pretty strong at the end, but um, he just doesn't have that early speed. But if he lobs up in a decent place early and he, he won't be running any anything electric early, um, I think he could bob up for a place potentially. Hey, I like the way you gave the order of your uh, your runners and their, their chances because I always like to ask at the end, as you know, Liam, who's the best chance at the kennel? But I'm going to take it one step further and I'm going to demand a top five in order from your chances on Saturday, including the million-dollar chase race uh, up there in Sydney that the qualifier, the city qualifiers. Oh. So give me something, mate, one to five. The pressure's on. You put me on the spot here. Oh, that's I'd what we do. Yeah, you know, how does Corey and Jason Adams do it? Um, <laughs> I'd probably say she's for real. Then I'd go with I'll go with Let's Win Coin next. Then Corbel and Roses, and we'll go Clips and Aston Tenji. You've done well, mate. Good luck on Saturday. We'll be cheering for the whole team and and say good day to the old boy as well. I will. Thanks, James.
And there we have it. That is a massive episode, a late episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. It's been fun once again. And as I said just a moment ago, don't forget the Hillsville Cup meeting podcast coming out over the weekend. All the inside info, special guests. We'll even try and have a chat to the manager, Cynthia O'Brien. So until next time, punters, as always, safe travelling and happy punting. 